We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Baxter Holmes of ESPN, uh, who did a long and I would say exhaustive piece on Damian Lillard and his his place in Portland, his place with the Blazers, his place in the league. Baxter, welcome. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? Well, we're about to ruin your day. So, Great. Um, <laughs> I presume you had written this well, uh, not well before uh, the day it was released, but it had been there for a while. And I'm guessing that the editor said, you know what? There's never going to be a better day to publish this than the day after he drops 70. Um, was that oh, pretty much how it all. happened, or, or was this? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, the the backstory is uh, yeah, I was up there in January. Um, it was actually a story that we had talked about uh, me working on as far back as September. Um, in early September, um, I think I was going to go to Trailblazers training camp, but then uh, the NBA dropped their uh, report on Robert Sarver and the Phoenix Suns, and so everything for me took a back seat. And that was the focus for the however long. I uh, was able to get back to this in January. And so I spent a week in Portland, was around um, Damien and the Trailblazers for quite a bit. Uh, and then, it, as fate would have it, we were actually planning on publishing it today, uh, this morning. But then he went nuts for 71 on Sunday. Um, and so we just pushed the timeline up 24 hours and decided to publish it Monday morning. So, you know, in terms of timing, it was pretty wild. I'm sure you probably had some situations like that in your career, but this was uh, pretty unique. Um, how, uh, it, it's hard to get, you know, context when you're just reading something. Did he sound like he has fully wearied of the why won't Dame ask for a trade to a contender debate? Or is he so secure that it doesn't matter how many times it's asked, he knows what he believes and what his answer is. Um, he sounds at peace and kind of like at a place of security and knowing like what he's done and you know where he kind of stands in the league and everything else, and also understanding that you know to win a championship is obviously incredibly difficult. It requires luck. It requires. Um, you know, a million things have to break right. You know, in the piece itself, I talked about the Blazers' only other championship and how, at the time, they were the youngest team ever to win, and they seemed set up for a dynasty and were rolling along the next season, and boom, Bill Walton breaks his leg, and or breaks his foot, sorry, and then that's uh, that's it. You know, their, their dynasty was over, or the dynasty that never kind of was. So he understands how hard it is and, 
all of these things. Um, but he seemed at peace. Uh, he, I don't. I didn't get a sense of like him being. You know, I mean, look. Certainly, a lot of people have asked him about his legacy and you know the ring conversation and all of that. Do you feel you need to leave in order to win? And you know what it is. He's gotten those kind of questions ad nauseum, but I didn't sense any weariness uh, from him in, in, in addressing um, this topic with me. Baxter, in the piece, Dame talks about a couple of different players, how they moved and where they're at in their careers now, like Russell Westbrook and you know, how he moved and now he's been scapegoated with the Lakers and, and a lot of different things. And the negative parts of leaving and it, when it doesn't work out, but when you look at some of the, I guess, for lack of a better term, a better term, negative aspects of staying, for example, never having to really play with extremely high expectations. Has Dame ever kind of addressed that piece of it or has it more so been, hey, I'm the one sacrificing. So it's not about expectations because I decided to stay loyal. Well, it's it's twofold in some ways, or it's, it's multifaceted, I should say. Like, on the one hand, you know, as a GM pointed out in the story, look, he's, and, his, and as I noted up top, his loyalty to the Trailblazers is, is being handsomely rewarded. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think in the last year of his contract, the current one that he's on uh, with the extension, he stands to make as much as, I think, $63 million in a year. So, you know, the money and the loyalty is, is certainly there, um, but... I don't think that he thinks about it in kind of the way that we're discussing it, like that you can essentially stay too long. I think he really appreciates the connection that he has with the city, with the fans, with being able to perform for them on a night-to-night basis, being involved in various charitable efforts in the community, being able to look up in the stands and see a lot of his family members, many of whom have moved up there. Um, you know, being able to see his jersey around the city, um, you know, and certainly all throughout the stands, and then seeing it at other places. You know, he he appreciates that bond. He's, he is, I mean, some could say he's, like, loyal to a fault, um, but he ties a lot of that back to his upbringing in Oakland and his family's uh, kind of lessons that they uh, preach to him. Some, you know, one of which is, like, the grass is not always greener. You know, he and he people throughout the org- and people in the organization have told me like that's one of his tenants that he kind of lives by is that the grass isn't always greener and you can think that you're leaving for something better but in reality like you might not be and and maybe the thing that you have in front of you is a great thing but you're uh then maybe you don't realize it so he seems pretty grounded in that way um did, does he ever seem the sort if he's you know a believer in you know the grass is not always greener about taking a more active hand in making the grass that he's standing on greener meaning become sort of a a more aggressive um figure of the front office is you know go in and say hey let's do this let's do that i mean you know i hesitate to say you know be more like lebron or or kevin durant but that's almost what it would take if you're going to stay where you are you know the temptation, I would imagine, to become a de facto general manager would be pretty significant. Yet he seems to have, you know, declined that opportunity. Uh, how do you sort of walk us through that? Yeah, I mean, look, as you were talking, I immediately started thinking of guys like LeBron and, and Durant and 
there's certainly been other star players who've really taken agency over the you know the construction of the roster and have talked about that and I don't want to say in some ways they're like pseudo GMs, but it's clear that they wield a lot of power um, in that way. His his relationship with Joe Cronin, uh, who like Dane has only ever been in Portland. Um, I mean, he worked his way up, I think, from a scout to now a GM, which is pretty unusual. You usually have to leave uh, and go somewhere else to kind of move up the ranks. But he's done it all in that organization. And he said, look, it's very, he said that Dane does work very close with him. And, and particularly, he talked about how um, uh, Lula really wanted to understand how the salary cap works and like what kind of mechanisms the team had at its, at its disposable, or sorry, had, it, had at its disposal to add players, like, you know, different kinds of extensions and whatnot. And then uh, their GM said, you know, he, in some ways now, like, he understands the salary cap as well as I do. But they're in close communication, but he said it's never felt adversarial. Like, he is trying to push me or push the team to, uh, you know, to make certain moves that he thinks are fit. Like he, he empowers us. He trusts us. There's a good level of trust between him and Joe. I don't think it's like a situation where I think in Durant, you know, there was talk about whether the star players were putting pressure on Sean Marks to potentially oust him um, in some ways, but that has not been the case in Portland now. But the other side of that coin is that the people who I talked to there said, look, we all feel, a sense of urgency and, and kind of a desperate sense of urgency to try to get him a championship in some form or fashion before the window of his prime closes. Like, we want to get that for him. He deserves that, um, and so we're going to try to do everything we can. Now, I don't know what the path to that looks like. Uh, you, you know, I've had different GMs say they're one move away. You know, like, Toronto was able to acquire, you know, they had like a solid team to get Kawhi, boom, they can win a title. I don't know if that's a completely fair comparison, and I don't know who necessarily they could get to put them over the hump in that way. Um, but the relationship between Dame and the front office is, has been has been solid. He does, you know, he's involved, but I don't think it's adversarial, or that he wants it to be adversarial. I think he trusts Joe, and their relationship goes back a long way. Back to you. Bring up Damian Lillard's connection to Oakland. You brought it up earlier in our chat right here and also in the piece and how he wears uh, the number zero for Oakland. Can you speak about his current connection to Oakland with the charities and things like that? And yes, I have to ask, even later in his career, we know he wants to stay in Portland, but if it was later in his career, could you ever see him coming back and wanting to play for the Bay? Uh, I mean... It would probably depend. I'm trying to think. So he's 32. I think his contract runs out in the 27, the end of the 27, 26, 27 season. So, I mean, it's really a question of, like, does he, you know, where is he at physically at that point? Um, you know, however, five years down the line or, or whatever it is. Um, I'm not sure. So I, I will table that for now. Uh but to the other part uh, of your question, like, yeah, look, he still has a lot of family there. Um, he's involved in different charitable efforts there. And I would say, he, look, he brings Oakland with him wherever he goes. I mean, you know, he is he's introduced in the starting lineup. They always say, you know, he wears the letter O, not zero. And it's because of Oakland. He talks about his upbringing there all the time and how some of the lessons 
that he learned, you know, I was talking with my colleague Zach Lowe about it, and, you know, the other day, and he was referencing uh, when he talked to Lillard for a story once and how Lillard brought up, like, they had to, you know, when he and his brothers had to clean, or his family members, like, the kids, when they had to, were assigned different rooms of the house to clean, they all had to do it together, and if any of them didn't do it, they failed, or, like, they, you know, they collectively failed, and, and that has carried over into his whole team thing. Like, everyone has to work together to achieve a goal. Um, so he takes Oakland with him wherever. Like it's, And he, his roots there are very deep. You know, he goes back. Um, I think my colleague, Mark Spears, though I know you guys know well, did a great story where it talked about um, this particular lunch that he does uh, there, or this particular event, sorry. And um, so, yeah, he's, I mean, look, he is Oakland's own, and that will never change. Portland is his is is where he's put down roots for his NBA career, but you know he will always be a son of Oakland. Um, broadening this out to the Blazers as a whole, they've sort of been on the fringe of the uh, of the play in tournament all year long. Is that who they are as a team, or have they been unlucky in some ways, and that maybe they're a better team than they look? Uh, who are they really? Uh, Damian, Damian Lillard aside, who are the Blazers at this point? Yeah, I don't know that they're... I don't know that right now that they're anything other than what we see and what their record says they are. Like, you could say, oh, have they had bad luck with injuries or this or that, and maybe they should be way better. Yeah. I don't know that that's the case. You know, they started off, I think, 9-3 or 10-4, and, and everyone was like, oh, you know, this is a kind of a spicy team. Like, they maybe they could do whatever, but they kind of fell back down to earth, and Look, they have some young players who are interesting in terms of, like, like Shaden Sharp uh, in particular. Um, but, I, you know, his development and the arc of it, I mean, this is the tricky thing for them, right? Like, Dame is playing out of his mind right now. He's having the best season of his career, all of that. But they need some of their young players to develop at a much faster rate and for them to kind of go anywhere. And... I, they're not the team that they were when they went to the Western Conference Finals and you know all of that with C.J. McCollum. They just don't have enough. They have too much youth, and some of the experiences they do have, guys like Justice Winslow, have not been healthy. Dame has been carrying them, but I don't know that they are more than what their record says right now. Like they're kind of you know what you said about them is is right. That's where they are, and unless some of those guys can really develop at a faster rate or you know, there's some mechanism to acquire somebody in a trade. I don't, again, I don't know what that looks like. I think this is just who they are right now. So based on what he's been this year, if he doesn't go for 72 tonight, do you feel like Warrior fans will feel cheated? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah he's, been, he's been just incredible lately. Um, and it's, and, you know, he had this line that he gave me about, you know, other than a championship, what more can I give? <laughs> I was thinking of that line after he scored 71. Um, but he is a very interesting player in that he always kind of exceeds what we think might be possible um, in some ways. And what I mean by that is, like, you know, I think there's only been, like, three or four playoff or, like, series-winning shots in the postseason, and he has two of them. Um, and they're unbelievable highlights for NBA history. Uh, he's one of a handful of guys that's on the NBA's that are that are active. That's on the NBA's All Seventy Five team. He won the three point contest. He's rookie of the year. 
He's probably in serious consideration now for first team All NBA. Like he continues to rack up accolades and achievements personally, and he's gotten them as far as you know the Western Finals. Um, but I don't. I mean, and, and he seems to be shooting at a range that just gets deeper and deeper, and, and it's like him and Steph are in a category of their own in terms of the range that they have and the confidence, certainly. Um, I I am very interested. I don't know where he can go from here, though. Like, is that the best game he'll ever play? Uh, I I mean, it's hard to top, but it's it seems like nothing is impossible for him either. Baxter Holmes of ESPN wrote an exhaustive and really superb piece on Damian Lillard and his legacy. And Lillard and the Blazers are in town tonight to play the Warriors. Baxter, thanks for your time. We much appreciate it. See you soon for a drink. Thank you so much, Ray. I appreciate the kind words. Thanks, you guys, for having me on. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.